Good morning, everybody. You know, I'm so glad that you came for at all the different GV locations, and uh, you've been wondering why. You know, uh, I'm doing this in the video form because today I'm going to be talking about some uh, very important subject, and it may be subjects in the Christian world that is controversial. So I thought that as a pastor, I should address this issue. You know, and, and I'm going to be talking about the difference within the gift of the Holy Ghost versus the gift of tongues. You know, it's a very controversial subject because receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and, and receiving the gift of tongues, they have similar characteristics, but yet they are very different. But let me say this to you uh, right from the beginning. You do not need the gift of tongues to be saved. Let me say that again. You do not need the gift of tongues to be saved, but you need the Holy Spirit. And here's the biggest question that everybody's debating about. How do you know that you have received the Spirit? Okay, so if you have your Bible, let's turn to John chapter 3, verse 5 and 8. Okay, uh, John chapter 3, verse 5 and 8. And after reading the Scripture, we will begin to pray for enlightenment and revelation, okay? Let's turn to John chapter 3, verse 5 and 8. Yep. Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you will hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Amen. Shall we just lift our hands right now and ask God to help us, enlighten us, Father, as we come before your presence, God, Lord, Lord, again, God, what we desire is your voice. What we desire is you, Father. I pray, God, Lord, again, God, sometimes the carnal mind cannot receive the things of the Spirit. And Father, we yield ourselves to the Spirit of God right now. Can we all together just begin to pray in tongues, pray in the Spirit right now. Come on, for the next few moments, I want you to close your eyes and just enter into the spiritual world, enter into the Spirit right now. Come on, let your tongue go for a moment right now. You yourself, grow in, in the you as you yield yourself in the Spirit right now. God, in the name of Jesus, God, that you will open our understanding. God, again, God, we will ask, God, that you tear down, God, any, Lord, hindrances, God, that will hinder us from hearing the word of the Lord today. But God, as we come into your presence, we want to worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And God, Lord, again, we are more uh, excited about truth 
than people's opinion. So Father, speak to us in a way, God, speak to us today in such a way that we can hear the rima voice of the Spirit giving us instructions. Oh God, help us right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, one more time, let's pray in the Spirit. Come on, let it go, let it flow. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Again, another scripture that I want to share with you today is Titus chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Titus chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. And, 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 and another scripture, amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 and 16. For you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear. Amen. Come on. The scripture tells us, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit Himself, bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Amen. So, here comes a very, very important question. You know, we need the Spirit of God. You know, the Scripture says that you must be born again. And born again has two parts, born of the water and born of the Spirit. Today, we're going to be talking about being born of the Spirit. How do I know that, that, that I've been uh, that I have received the Holy Spirit. Let me, let me share a little bit of my testimony with you. You know, uh, I, I, I did not grow up in this. Amen. You know, my, my dad was an atheist. My mom was a Taoist. And, and, and I have no Christian background. I came from a Catholic school. Thank God, you know, for people, all these different denominations, all those different groups of people that have, uh, have led me to a full understanding of who I am. You know, today, of, or, or the, and again, there are, Times, you know, they did not share uh, the fullness of truth, you know, and, 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 and I grew up, you know, wanting to be a Christian, and uh, they taught me to pray, uh, receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you pray a prayer, you know, but they didn't teach me about receiving the Holy Spirit, <laughs> and I always thought that these are the two things that will come together, but, but when you study the Word of God, let's turn to John chapter 3, verse 5 and 8 again, oh, by the way, you know, I, I just want to let you know, just bring up your Bible today. Don't just rely on the, that, that uh, what do you call that, that, that PowerPoint. You know, I, I need you to get involved here because I want you to understand uh, uh, what my opinion don't matter. I want to show you through the Word of God. Amen. And the Word of God will give us direction. The Word of God will give us understanding. What is important is not what a denomination teaches, but what the Word of God is saying to us. Amen. So let's turn to the book of John, chapter 3, verse 5 and 8 again. Jesus answered, most assuredly. Amen. You know, when he used the word most assuredly, it means that you got to focus in. Amen. It's important. In fact, the King James Version says, verily, verily. Amen. You know, you got to pay attention. He said, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. That's serious. 
And then he goes on to tell you what, uh, 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 you know, verse 6 tells us that that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you that you must be born again. And here's how you would know that you received the Holy Ghost. In verse 8, the wind blows where it wishes, and you will hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone. So is Everyone who is born of the Spirit. You see, the first thing that we understand here is that, you know, if you, uh, uh, how do we tell whether somebody is, is filled with the Holy Spirit is that you will hear the sound of it. Amen. Amen. Let's read the Amplified Version. And I know that it's not in the, 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 the PowerPoint, but anyway, let's read the Amplified Version. John chapter 3, verse 5 and 8. It says, Jesus answered, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, unless a man is born of water, even the Spirit, he cannot, he ever, he ever enter, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. What is born of or from the flesh is flesh. Of the physical is the physical. And what is born of the spirit is spirit. And then he goes on to tell us, marvel not and do not be surprised, astonished at my telling you that you must all born anew from above. The wind blows, breathes, where it wills, and though you hear its sound, yet you neither know where it comes from nor where it is going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Again, you know, the Scriptures plainly tells us that you will hear its sound. Amen. You will hear its sound when someone receives the Holy Ghost. Everyone, okay, everyone, you will hear a sound. Okay, so let's fast forward. You know, that was in John chapter 3. You know, Jesus was giving us a trailer of something better to come. Amen. Talking about the Holy Spirit. You know, He was just giving you a preview of what's to come. And then it happened on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 and 4. You know, Acts chapter 2 verse 1 and 4. Can we turn quickly there right now? Again, this is more like a Bible study, but you know, uh, uh, before I, I talk about, you know, the exercise of tongues, I, I, I feel that I need to start from the foundation. You know, there may be people watching this video today may have all kinds of denomination biases. You know, again, what is important is what the Word of God says, and I'm redirecting you back to the Word. In fact, I was in a YouTube channel, and many people share their opinions. Really, your opinions and your experience is limited from what the Word of God is saying. You know, again, it, what is important is what the Word of God says. So, most of the time today, I would require you to pick up your Bibles and read together along with me because I want you to settle this once and for all. Amen. You know, the Bible says everything will be shaken. The only thing that won't be shaken, you know, is the Word of God. Amen. So again, let's turn to the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 1 and 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. 
and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and begin or began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And let's jump to verse 7 and 12. It goes like this, and they were all amazed. The people at that time, you know, they're all coming from all walks of life and all parts, you know, coming. And then they were all amazed and marveled and saying to one another, Look, are not all those who speak Galileans? How is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God, so they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Amen. You know, and, and, and Peter jumped, <laughs> you know, and preached the gospel, preached Jesus, who Jesus is. Or, you know, he, he preached the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to jump to verse 32, okay? Acts chapter 2, verse 32, all the way to 33. This is Jesus God has raised up from which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He poured out this which you now see and hear. I want you to underline the word in verse 33, which you now see and hear. So, in verse 33, it mentions something that is very, very interesting that, that there is, you can see it and you can hear it. <laughs> and there was something evident. There was something that we can observe when someone received the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> Again, you know, uh, 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 this whole idea of, of, of uh, uh, the Holy Spirit, you know, and tongues, you know, is all mentioned in, throughout the Scripture. You have Mark chapter 16, verse 17, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 8, Acts chapter 10, verse 45 to 46, Acts chapter 19, you know, Acts chapter 12 to 14. And, and let's quickly look at one of those Scriptures, Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And this sign will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues. Amen. So, so what is this new tongues all about? When, 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 when I receive the Holy Spirit, the Spirit will give me utterances. Amen. As I yield myself to the Spirit, God will put new tongues into me. Amen. You know, it will just flow naturally out of me. Amen. It is, you know, so what is this new tongues? Okay. It is a spirit. It is spirit prompted. You know, the Spirit gave them utterance. It is one of the manifestations of the Spirit that is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. And the person is in control. They can choose to speak it or not. You can turn there. You know, I don't have time to turn there, but maybe later on we will turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 27 to 28 and verse 32. It goes on to tell us, you know, when you receive the Spirit, you know, you can, you know, choose to operate in it or not. Amen. You can stop praying. You, can, you know, the, uh, the, the Scripture says that the spirits of the prophets is subjected to the prophets. So it's not that you go into a trance and you cannot control it. You know, you can control it. You know, so 
So I, I want you to understand when you receive the Holy Spirit, you can't control it. You are not being possessed. <laughs> it's very different. It's, it's the Spirit of God. Amen. And, and, and God will only uh, get involved in a person's life if we yield ourselves to Him, if we choose, you know. And, and it is spoken, you know, when you speak in tongues, you know, uh, and you pray in the Spirit, you know, you speak to God. You know, you're not speaking to others, but when you operate in the gift of tongues and interpretation, and, and when you talk about when you operate in the gift of tongues and there's interpretation, it's called the spirit of prophecy. Amen. And that is God speaking to men. It's a whole different subject later on. We'll be covering about it. You know, again, but again, when you speak in tongues, you're not speaking to men. In fact, you know, uh, it is not understood by the speaker. You know, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14, you don't have to turn there because later on we turn there. You know, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Again, it is not understood sometimes by the hearer. No one understands him. He utters mysteries in the spirit. Amen. And, and, and this speaking in tongues consists of prayers, singing praises, speaking blessing, giving thanks, and so forth. You know, someone asked me this question, are, are, are tongues human languages? <laughs> it's not clear. All I know is a language. But Paul also talks about tongues of people and angels in 1 Corinthians 13 chapter 1. You know, again, uh, 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 in Acts chapter 2, human language are involved at least in the interpretation. So, so again, you know, there, this whole subject of tongues, you know, I'm not doing you justice just for one hour trying to study all this, but there is a course that we have. It's the gifts of the Spirit, amen, by Lee, Brother Lee Stone King. You know, if you want to, you know, you can, you can sign up for it in the future when we make that class available. So here's a myth growing up that I used to believe, you know. Uh, the myth is this, you automatically you automatically receive upon believing, okay? I mean, okay, you know, you, you, you receive our Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, and then you already receive the Holy Spirit. But that's not what it tells us in the books of the Bible. Acts chapter 8, verse 5 and 8. Then Philip went down. Let's, let's turn there quickly. I, I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm too fast, okay? I want you all to take up your phones, you know, your iPads, whatever. Let's turn there right now, okay? X, type in Acts chapter 8, verse 5 and 8. I know it's going to be showing on your screen, but it's good to put a, a, a bookmark, you know, or if you have a pen and paper, you want to write this down, Acts chapter 8, verse 5 and 8. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them, okay? Again, listen, listen very carefully. We are not magnifying tongues, okay? We are not saying <sighs> tongues is, is, is the most valuable gift. I, I hope you understand. We must preach Christ to them, amen? You, you must believe the gospel before you can receive the Spirit, amen? Okay. Jesus Christ is the one that gives us His Spirit, amen? So, so again, Philip went down the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. He didn't talk about tongues. He preached Christ to them. So for us, uh, you know, especially as spirit-filled we, believers, we, we jump ahead. Oh, do you want to receive the Holy Spirit? <laughs> you know, maybe you're you are jamming ahead of time. You need to preach Christ to them first, okay? Then he goes on in verse 6, and, and the multitudes with one accord, 
heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out. Many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. And then Acts chapter 8 verse 12. Let's jump all the way to verse 12. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Okay, I want you to notice, you know, put down your Bible for a while. I want you to notice this. There were miracles, deliverance, healings, great joy, and the Samaritans believed and were baptized. Surely they must receive the Holy Ghost. But let's turn to verse 14 and 16. Acts chapter 8, verse 14 and 16. He tells us, now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, and they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them, they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had, they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Even after baptism, they did not receive the Holy Ghost. So you can see there is another experience. If the Bible talks about it as a, being born of the Spirit. You know, they had miracles. They had the gospel preached to them. They were even baptized in Jesus' name, but yet they have not received the Holy Ghost. And therefore, they sent Peter and John to them to pray for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay? Another story that I want to share with you in the books of Acts chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. Okay, Acts chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. It says, There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion, of what was called the Italian Regiment, a devout man, Okay, underlying a devout man. And one who feared God, who with all his household, who gave alms generously to people and prayed to God always. And verse 3 and 4, it tells us, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius! And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God. Let's take a look at this person by the name of Cornelius. He was somebody who is high-ranking. The Bible gave him good compliments. He was a devout man, a man who feared God, who gave arms generously to the people. Amen. And he prayed to God always. He was a prayer warrior and a spiritual man could see visions of angels. You know, even though he was a devout man, that was still not enough. He was a believer, but he still did not receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's turn to Acts chapter 10, verse 5 and 6. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon a tanner whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. Okay? And let's jump all the way to verse 44. Amen. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. Here's the result. 
while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon. Notice the word, fell upon. All those who heard the word and those of the circumcision, that means, you know, the apostle uh, 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 Peter brought some circumcision, which are the Jews, you know, those people that received the Holy Ghost, the 120, you know, were be who believed were astonished. Why were they astonished? As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Amen. How do they know that the Holy Spirit had been poured out to Gentiles? Let's turn to verse 46. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And Peter answered, Can anybody forbid water that should, be, should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? I want you to underline just as we have. You know, Peter likened that experience of them receiving the Holy Spirit just like the day of Pentecost. And one thing that was similar is they all began to speak in tongues. Amen. In verse 4, says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they all began to speak with tongues. And then in verse 45, it says, or verse 46, uh, 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 it says this, that, you know, that uh, uh, they, it, for they heard them speak with tongues. Amen. They did not have, maybe you know, uh, tongues of fire on them. They did not have the rushing mighty wind, but what was similar in this particular story was they all spoke with tongues. Amen. And then, last but not least, in verse 48, he says this, and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and then they asked him to stay a few days. Amen. So again, you see that it is not automatic Cornelius, a devout man, a religious man, a person who had compassion to the poor. In fact, he was uh, a compliment for his devotion to the Lord, but yet he did not receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. So the Holy Spirit, oh, let me say this again, okay? I know some of you wondering, hey, pastors sometimes talk about Holy Spirit, sometimes talk about Holy Ghost, they are the same thing, Okay. You know, I don't want to use the word ghost because maybe you will, you know, scare people away, huh, Holy Ghost, you know. But, but I will use for today's uh, uh, lesson, I will use the word Holy Spirit, okay? So again, they are the same thing. And, and you notice when the scripture says, fell upon, pour out, receive, you know, all these things are the same thing, amen. Some, I had a friend that told me this, you know, oh, the, the receiving the Holy Ghost is a second-added experience. No, it was, it was meant to be. It wasn't a second-added experience. When you are born of the Spirit, it is not automatic. You must receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Then, you know, again, from all this story, we were told that they receiving the Holy Spirit is essential. Amen. Okay? So let's turn to the books of Acts. Another story. Acts chapter 19, verse 1 to 6. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Amen. Here's, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to your left and your right and ask the person, did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believe? 
<laughs> when you believe, okay? Amen. And, 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 you know, turn to the other neighbor and say, would you want to receive the Holy Spirit? <laughs> Amen. So, so, so let's, let's go back to the story. So they say to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is the Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? They say, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized you with a baptism of repentance, saying to you, saying to the people, sorry, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Amen. So again, they spoke with tongues, a similar characteristics. You know, again, you know, God chose tongues as a supernatural sign for those who have been filled with the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 22 tells us, Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to the unbelievers. For prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. You see, this is the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay? You know, I don't know about you, but you know, uh, when you... You, you charge at equipment, you want to have a sign, amen. Like for the iPhone, you see that, you know, your battery will have a power sign that goes charge. You know, when you turn on sometimes an equipment, a computer, you will see an LED light that will flash on, say it's on. You know, otherwise, you know, you can't do anything. If you want to troubleshoot, you first, you want to see whether the power connection is on or not. And that's why it is so important for us to have a sign. Amen. So, you know what? If I want to give counsel to somebody who is not filled with the Holy Spirit, I cannot counsel them at all. Biblically, they need to be evangelized. Amen. I say again, they need to be evangelized. Don't give the principles that they cannot do on their own. They need power. The scripture says that you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So again, it is important for us to know how to counsel somebody. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Are there questions that we will ask? Because without the Holy Spirit, the Scripture says we can do nothing. Amen. And, and I do not want you to confuse the sign from the gift of tongues. You know, in Acts, all spoke in tongues. And in all cases, you know, uh, uh, you hear them speak in tongues. You know, there was no interpretation of tongues. And the speakers exercised tongues at the time of their conversion and none occurred during a Christian church service. However, when you return to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul tells us under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that the following rules must be obeyed. All may not speak at the same time. There should be no more than two or three. And they must speak in turns. And all these utterance must be interpreted. You know, furthermore, the Corinthians occurs in, in a Christian church service. You know, and among believers after their conversion. So again, you do not want to misunderstand these two, though they have similar characteristics. When I received the Holy Spirit, 
the evidence of me receiving the Holy Spirit is when I speak in tongues. Okay? Amen. But when I operate in the gift of tongues, and if there is an interpretation, it becomes prophecy. It is, again, God speaking to man. Okay? And we're going to talk about more of the diverse gifts of tongues. You know, it is deep, okay? There is so much things that we're going to learn about the diverse gifts. It's not just about tongues and interpretation. There's more to it. And, and, and I get very excited because I, I know the benefits of speaking in tongues. And I want to share today with you, you know. And again, I was reading an article, you know. It, it is very sad. There is 700 million people, 700 million people who are so-called spirit-filled. But among these 700 million people, only 10% or less exercise speaking in tongues. Amen. <laughs> and the scriptures command us, pray in the spirit. Amen. You know, and, 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 and again, you know, I, I want to say this again. You know, and, and, and the reason why some churches shut the gift down is because of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. But if you do not understand 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I think it may look like contradictory. Amen. Why? Because there are times they say, for me not speaking in tongues. Then Paul says, says I'd rather you speak with five understanding words. I mean, one moment you say, forbid not speaking in tongues in the same chapter, and then you say, I'd rather you prophesy. I mean, come on. If you don't understand that this sign and gift, you get stuck. Amen. And it seems that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul is contradicting himself. So we're going to study about 1 Corinthians chapter 14 to understand the depth of it. Amen. So again, we are talking about the gift of diverse kinds of tongues. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, it says, There are diversity of gift, but of the same spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, To another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the, the discerning of the spirit, to another different kinds of tongues. It's not just one kind of, it, you know, in the King James Version, he put it, diverse kinds of tongues to another, the interpretation of tongues. So if you have your chart there, I want you to take note something here. You know, tongues can either be a sign of evidence or a gift. And in the gift, the diverse kinds of tongues, there are four flows or four dimensions. One is for personal edification, one is for public edification, and one is a prayer language that, 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 that the Lord will give to us, and then we can make intercession. And one of worship, we sing in the Spirit. We're going to be covering those things uh, real quickly. You see, again, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. When you read 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it's about the proper procedure of operating in the gift of tongues. Amen. Okay, let's turn there real quickly and I'll give you some context. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 to 5. Okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 to 5. I'll wait for you until you turn there real quickly. Amen. I'll get a drink. Just turn there, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 to 5. It goes like this. Pursue love and desire spiritual gift, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men. Okay, I want you to underline this. This is talking about, you know, personal edification, talking about prayer language. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, 
but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Amen. And verse 3, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesy, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching? You know, again, I, I want you to understand this context, okay? Paul was answering some of their questions. In fact, the first Corinthians was literally the second Corinthians, okay? I mean, he, there was another earlier letter written to the Corinth church, okay? But the Holy Spirit knows that that is not important, but he gave us only this, this letter, these epistles, okay? So it's known as the first Corinthians, okay? In this chapter 14, we see Paul bringing correction to the church regarding spiritual gifts, especially tongues. Why was that? Because the Corinthian church meeting were out of control due to an excessive and appropriate use of tongues. Paul, as their apostolic spiritual father, had to correct them and bring order back to their services. The problem with the Corinthians was that they were using tongues and other spiritual gifts in an individualistic, self-seeking way. This was not spiritual but carnal since the intended purpose of the gifts of the Spirit is to edify and bless the whole church. From the context, it appears that many of the believers were getting up in the services, speaking in tongues, in personal prayer tongues, and they were sitting down without any clarity or, or, or explanation. It was chaos. You know, it's just like, instead of me teaching you, I'm speaking in tongues right now. In the service, everybody is speaking in tongues. And then while preaching halfway, someone may just stand up and just speak in tongues. And, 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 and there was no order. It was a mess. Amen. In verse 6, he tells us, But brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophecy, prophesying, or by teaching, or another translation put it, by doctrine. Amen. You know, again, there was no protocol at all, and the service was out of order. Instead of taking turns, speaker just took over. If, if they have mic, you know, at that time they don't have mic. They just took over. You know, there was no order, chaos. There were no ambassadors. There were no ushers. And it was not done for mutual edification of the church. Now, Paul responds, it's not like most church leaders would do. That means, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, many people, many church leaders would just ban the gifts for a while or forbid them. <laughs> you know, uh, forbid them altogether in church service. And it's so sad. Let me say this again. It's so sad that many spirit-filled churches have stopped speaking in tongues in the Sunday service. It's so sad because the scriptures goes on later on, you read, forbid not speaking in tongues. But everything got to be done in a way that will please Him. Amen, okay? And, and we will see that Paul is much more spiritual 
that that he's redeeming the gifts through wisdom and instructions. He merely makes a few corrections in order to see the gifts being used for the intended purpose and flourishing once again in the church. Amen. He wants to just put proper apostolic procedures. Amen. You know, as a pastor, I just want to say this to you. You know, again, I want you to feel the liberty to worship God. But please, don't be a stumbling block. <laughs> if you want to run down the house, please watch at the corner. You know, and, and please watch for people in front of you. Otherwise, you will just bang them, you know, and then you become a stumbling block. Do it in such a way that it is not a distraction. Do it in such a way that it's not self Seeking, amen. Okay, you want to do it in order. You want to pray in tongues. Make sure that you don't scream your head out. You know, uh, God is there. You don't need to get his. He's already there. He knows you, amen. You want to cry out, you know. And and, and I believe the the gift of intercession is meant to be in in the secret place, amen. So you know, you may bring a friend, and there are times where we have people just shouting, and then they look at it. Oh, what's that all about? I'm scared, you know. And I don't want that to happen. There has got to be order in the house of the Lord. Come on, everybody say amen. Come on, come on. I, I, you know what? I invited my brother, you know, and, and they come to church and then this fellow sitting next to there and just screaming out and shaking all over, you know. I, again, you know what? I understand. But you cannot tell me that you have no control. If you have no control, I wonder what kind of spirit is that? <laughs> because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 32, okay? You don't need to turn there, but 1 Corinthians Chapter 14, verse 32. The spirits of the prophet is subjected to the prophets. Amen. Which means that I can control. And, and Paul goes on to say, if I speak in tongues, or if I pray, or, or if I pray in tongues, that means if he said, if I, it's a choice. So you know what? I know God. <laughs> he is not one that possesses you. He will only come by permission. And there are times when you are so intoxicated with the Spirit. I understand that. You know, find a place that you don't become a stumbling block. You just enjoy God, but in such a way, you know, there's one corner. You're not distracting everybody. Amen. Okay? Everybody say praise God. Because the scripture in 1 Corinthians, you know, says that God is not an author of confusion. Amen. He's an author. You know, again, He is order. Amen. So therefore, you know, there are times where pastor have to sit down and tell you, hey, or sister Will will have to tell you, you know, uh, 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 okay, tone down a little bit. I know you are enjoying the presence of God. Tone down a little bit because, you know, you are being a kind of a distraction, okay? So please do not be offended. Say, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, I'll enjoy God somewhere else, okay? You know, again, we love everybody, but at the same time, not everybody understands what you are doing. So let's talk about the diverse kinds of tongues. Okay, there are four that I'm going to be bringing up to. I'm sure there are more because it's diverse. I'm not claiming to know everything about this. Let me repeat myself again. I'm not claiming and next week I recommend you to join in because we're going to talk about the benefits of speaking in the Spirit or praying in the Spirit. You know, it's an exercise that I personally believe that will bring healing to many people. There will be transformation if we spend time praying in the Spirit. Bishop Willoughby has taught me this, you know, and I've seen it in his own life. He prayed in the Spirit a lot. 
you know, and, and, and we are living in a time where we celebrate intellectualism. Amen. But, but again, you know, we have to balance it. And I, I just want to talk about it next week. But today I'm going to talk about the four flows or maybe the four diverse kinds of tongues. You know, first of all, uh, number one, I want to talk about personal edification. Okay. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4, he says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. This is an individual experience praying in tongues. You know, and, and when he speaks in tongues, you know, he's speaking to God. He's not speaking for God. That's how you know the difference between the gift of tongues versus, you know, uh, the gift of tongues and interpretation versus uh, 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 personal edification tongues. Amen. Let's, let's turn to verse 2 here. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. He says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Amen. Notice, again, I'm going to say that it is speaking to God, not God speaking to people. When you get into the Spirit, you become more aware of the Holy Spirit and in tune with Him. You start thinking in the way God thinks and, and believing the way God believes. You start seeing what God sees, hearing what God is saying. And in Jude chapter 1, verse 20, But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, I think most of the time, you know, you know, we get up in the morning, you know, and, and if we are not careful, you know, we need to yield ourselves to the Spirit of God. You know, and that's a choice that every day we got to make. That's, that's the cross that we have to carry. And it is so important that we stay in the Spirit because the Bible says walk in the Spirit. Otherwise, by default, guess what would happen? We will walk in the flesh. And, 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 and let's remember about this apostle, the, man, the apostle John, you know, when he was in the island of Patmos, it was said of him that he was in the spirit on the Lord's day and he heard a loud voice behind him. And when he turned around, he saw and spoke with the glorified, he spoke about the glorified Jesus Christ. Amen. He didn't hear and see Jesus with his natural eyes and ears. He saw it, he saw him in the spirit. In order for John to be in the Spirit, he had to lead himself or he had to yield himself to the Spirit of God. Amen. Amen. And again, you know, I, I think it's so important, you know, every day when we get up, we need to be in the Spirit because we will see Christ glorified. Amen. I don't want to see my problems glorified. I don't want to see my problems. I don't want to see my struggles. I don't want to see my flesh. So when he's in the Spirit, he saw Christ glorified. Amen. I, I think that's so important, you know. Uh, uh, in fact, uh, the apostle also, Paul said this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, since you live in the Spirit, also walk in the Spirit. If you are walking in the Spirit, it was automatic to all believers, then every believer would be walking in the Spirit and hearing and seeing God. But we don't because it is not automatic. Like what I say, intimacy is not automatic. You've got to get in the Spirit. And how? 
by praying in the Spirit. If you want to be, if you want more of the supernatural activity of God in our life, then we have to simply spend more time praying in tongues and getting into the Spirit. Amen. Have you noticed something? I was sharing this uh, on Sunday, uh, on Tuesday prayer meeting. You know, when something is so big, you don't know how to pray for. What is your natural response? You pray in the Spirit. Amen. You pray in the Spirit because you don't know how to pray. I mean, like, like, like and, and that's why we pray in the Spirit. And this, when we pray in the Spirit, it is praying in the Spirit. It's not delivering a message to the church body. You know, it is really speaking unto God, praying. Amen. Okay? Everybody say praise God. So you need to understand there are different, diverse Tongues and the next tongue that we're going to talk about is found in the same verse, verse uh, uh, 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. But he who prophesies edifies the church, and, and this is what we talk about it's called the public edification. One is for personal edification, the other one is for public edification. You know, it is used to get a specific message to the local church. Throughout my years of ministry, I've seen these gifts operate um, multiple times. It is very moving. And we realize that God at times has a direct message He wants to deliver to a specific congregation. This is how it works. During a church service, we worship. Maybe it's after the preaching of the word or maybe it's after service. You know, a believer, a disciple will stand up and yield to the Spirit's prompting and speak loudly in an unknown tongue so all can hear Him. And because it is an unknown tongue, no one understands what's being said. There was no clarity whatsoever. And at the conclusion of the message in tongues, God will move upon someone else or in some cases upon the person giving the tongue to render the interpretation. The message must be interpreted so the congregation can receive understanding and edification. The gift of tongues, when it is accompanied by the gift of interpretation, is equal to this word prophecy. Amen. Let me repeat that again. The gift of tongues, when it's accompanied by the gift of interpretation is equal to prophecy. Interpretation of tongues is actually one of the gifts of the Spirit mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10. Not everyone will be given this gift. You may go your whole life and never interpret a public tongue. And this is perfectly fine. The Spirit chose this gift as He Chooses. Amen. I still remember the time when God used me in the gifts of the Spirit. You know, I pray that we will walk into that dimension of the Spirit. I still remember, you know, I brought a friend to church, you know, and he was crying because it was Mother's Day and he was missing uh, mom. And I brought him to the room and I prayed with him and suddenly, lo and behold, my tongue changed. You know, I could feel the flow of the Holy Spirit. And then and I knew more and, and there was a message in tongues and, in, you know, there was an uh, inter message in tongues, and, but there was also interpretation. It was a personal word for my friend. And my friend looked at me straight in the face. I remember clearly, he said, God so loved me that he would choose to give me a personal message. Oh, I wish that we would enter into that dimension because we need to hear God's voice more than anything in these last days. 
Amen. And again, you know what? That, uh, but, but we need to enter into the Spirit. And the way we enter into the Spirit, our care groups or our meetings need to have uh, that, that yielding. That we need to grow in yielding our tongues to God and God coming in. Amen. I know in Zoom is difficult, but, but why don't we do that this week, you know, and before we just break up into our, our different groups, you know, why don't we just yield ourselves? Why don't we grow into yielding to God? Amen. Amen. And how we yield it, because you know what the Bible says, no man can tame the tongue. <laughs> Amen. No man can tame the tongue. Only God can. That's why God chose to give us <laughs> tongues as an evidence of the Holy Spirit. And if God can control, you know, he goes on in James chapter 3. You know, I don't have time but to go there. But, but again, uh, you know, if you, you're interested, you know, uh, 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 in studying about this, this, this tongue, you know, I'm going to be talking about it. You know, again, in James, you know, uh, 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 chapter 3 talks about this, you know, in verse 3. Indeed, we put beats, horses' mouths that may obey us, and we turn the whole body. Look also at the sheep, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member, boasting of great things. See how great a forest, a little of fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body, body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell, for every kind of beast and bird, of reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Amen. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse man. We have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be. Amen. Okay. So again, you know, the way, you know, the tongue is so powerful. That's why every day, if I can control my tongue, I can control my body. Amen. That's why we need to yield ourselves. <laughs> yield ourselves. And we, I, I call this, you know, in fact, uh, Brother Chester Wright, you know, has a whole series about tongues. If you want to go there, go ahead. Just go there, you know, go to YouTube Bishop with the uh, Bible with the Bible. Uh, Bible, is it? Bible with the Bishop or something like that. Bible with the Bishop. And he talks about, you know, 26 lessons about uh, speaking in tongues. And, and I, I encourage you to go in there, you know. And, and, and again, you know, uh, because we are locked down and we cannot gather together. And sometimes, you know, there's no atmosphere. It's kind of weird for me just to pray in tongues, you know. But if everybody join me, it's so easy. I think I, I pray less in the Spirit than, than, than when I gather together as a body. So I want to make this an exercise every day. When I get up, you know, I just want to be healing myself. And again, we're going to talk about the next point, three. I love this one the most. Uh, prayer language is a prayer language. Paul identified this as a specific type of tongue that is completely Driven than, than prophesying to that edifies the public. Instead, instead of God speaking to men, it is men speaking to God. You know, and the tongue has been called by many a prayer language. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14 and 15 says this: If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. You know, notice this. <sighs> if I pray, it means a choice. 
<laughs> if I pray. The problem is this, many of us are spirit-filled and we have not yielded to the Spirit of God because maybe we don't understand and therefore we stop praying in it. Amen. I think it's very sad that if my prayer life is based on my understanding <laughs> because God's ways are higher than my ways. <laughs> Amen. And if I only pray with my understanding, my, my prayer is all so wish. Me, me, me. <laughs> I need something that will help me. And, and God has given me a prayer language. I pray in tongues. You know, I believe with all my heart. When you talk about praying in tongues, I believe that this is available for anyone who yield themselves, you know, to the Spirit of God and they can pray in a tongue. They can pray in the Spirit. You know why I say that? Because why would the Apostle Paul say pray in the Spirit if some of us cannot pray in the Spirit? And by the way, I've also asked you this question. Those that are, you know, again, I, I don't mean to be condescending in any way, but help me understand what does praying in the Spirit means when the Bible says, okay, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. Think about it. I mean, denomination Christian that don't believe in being spiritual, so what does being praying in the Spirit means? I mean, some of them say, oh, I'm in sync with God, but, but, but that's... That's your interpretation. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 15, it says, For if I pray in tongue, my spirit prays. So when I pray in tongue, I'm praying in the spirit. Okay? So then, what's the conclusion? Uh, uh, what is the conclusion that I will pray in the spirit and I will pray with the understanding, I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with understanding. You see, praying in tongues can lead us into deep intercession in which the Holy Spirit helps us pray effectively even though we might not be fully aware of the things that we are praying for. This is an amazing ministry of the Spirit of God in us. Let's turn to the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. It reads this, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Amen. Surely some of us here, you know, we were just worshiping God and slowly and lo behold, there's a different flow of intercession. We enter times of intercession when we felt an agency to pray, you know, and, and, and again, you know, we, 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 we yield ourselves to the Spirit. The Spirit empowers us with languages that we have not learned. And then oftentimes, you know, without warning, we find ourselves, you know, uh, 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 not knowing, you know, where the Spirit is leading, but we can feel the Spirit leading. And, and there times, you know, our struggle is such that, you know, we don't know even how to pray about that situation. That's why we pray in the Spirit. Amen. We don't know all the details about, you know, Malaysia. We don't know all the details about Vietnam. We don't know all the details about the political arena. We don't know all the details about uh, 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 America, politics, all those things because we don't want to get involved. We don't know all the details about COVID-19, you know, but that's why we yield ourselves to the Spirit. Amen. And, and, and sometimes the Spirit will give us an irresistible pull to pray. This is when the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and makes intercession for us. You know, it means He partners with us. You know, you know, pray 
God is wanting to pray with us. You know, we are praying in tongues, you know, and, 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 and literally pushing through the plan and the will of God for a person or a situation. How does this happen? Well, you know, in the birth passage in Romans, tells us that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. You know, and, and when you search the word weakness, it's a Greek word that means, you know, translated spiritually weak. Indicate ones who do not know how to pray or, 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 or what to pray or even suggest being so feeble, one that doesn't, doesn't want to pray. And it is time like this, the Holy Spirit help us. Hallelujah! Amen. It is time like this when I don't want to pray and pastor is asking you, come, let's pray in the Spirit, but I don't have faith. I'm not asking you to use your faith. I'm asking like to let Jesus Christ pray through you. He is the great intercessor. He is your helper. Amen. How does He help us? The Bible says this. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Amen. You know, and the word help involves coming alongside of us in prayer, grabbing a hold uh, of our hand. Amen. And pushing us with it. Amen. Again, we have a coach. And that coach, that helper, is the Holy Spirit that is in us. And when we heal our spirit, the Holy Spirit makes intercession through us. He does not pray. You know, He does not pray instead of, uh, 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 again, He uh, the Holy Spirit will just assist us in prayer. The Holy Spirit will fall upon us, that take hold of the situation by the hand and help the believer, you themselves, and pray through the situation. That's what the Holy Spirit is all about. Don't try to live life without Him. You need to give Him unhindered access. And the way we give Him unhindered access is to you, our tongue in surrender. Amen. Again, let me say this. You and I have the greatest partner of all. You and I have the greatest coach of all. It is the Holy Spirit, the hope of glory. He is the Spirit that will lead us into truth. He is the Spirit that will comfort us. But you need to yield. You need to yield to the Spirit. The Spirit also inspires us. The Spirit also will give us strength to persevere. The Spirit will show us God's will so that we can pray according to it. The Spirit will remind us that Jesus hears our prayers and give us confidence when we are hitting, you know, when we are hitting a wall. He will work in us in faith, humility, fervency. We pray. Amen. We pray until something happens. He will support. He will encourage. He will lead us. Amen. Again, that's why God has given us this prayer language. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, hallelujah. Why don't we take a moment? Let's thank God for a moment. Let's begin to pray in tongues for a moment right now. Come on, just you yourself to the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. God, you're so good. <laughs> God, you're so good. When I'm weak, God, I yield myself to the Spirit. When I don't feel, God, that you heal me, I yield myself to the Spirit. Hallelujah. And God, this is the rest. God, this is a refreshing. Hallelujah. God, we give you honor. We give you all praise. Amen. And again, you know, I, uh, there's this book. I, I, uh, by E.M. Bounds. If, if you don't know who he is, he's an old writer, amen, and he talks a lot about prayer. And in his book, The Reality of Prayer, 
E.M. Bound said this, the greatest and the divinest of all helpers is the Holy Spirit. He takes hold of things for us. When we are dark and confused, when we are in darkness and confused, ignorant and weak in many things, especially in the simple service of prayer, there is an ought on us, an obligation, a necessity to pray, a spiritual necessity upon us of the most absolute and imperative kind, but we do not feel the obligation and have no ability to meet it. The Holy Spirit help us in our weakness, give wisdom to our ignorance and changes our weakness into strength. The Spirit Himself does this. He helps and takes hold of us as we tuck and toil. He pleads for us, in us. He quickens. He illuminates. Amen. And He inspires our prayers. He elevates the matter of our prayers and inspires words and feelings of our prayers. He works mightily in us so that we can pray mightily. He enables us to pray always, ever according to the will of God. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why He chose to live in us. That's how Jesus Christ is our intercessor. It is true. The Spirit of God that is in us. Amen. And we need to yield. Amen. And you know, uh, this week, you know, I was just talking to God. You know, I was praying for a situation and the Holy Ghost came upon me and He was saying this to me, do you know if I will interpret my prayers for you? You may not want to pray those prayers because you pray self-preservation. When I pray, things that you need to die. You know, I was just yielding myself, oh Lord. You know, and, and, and there, there are things if God will ask you to pray, you won't even want to pray. <laughs> Amen. That's why God knows what you need. The Spirit searches the heart. The Spirit searches the soul and see what is the hindrance for the will of God. That's why we give Him unhindered access. God, I don't know what to pray. God, I need you. And you yield yourself to the Spirit and the Spirit takes over. Amen. Hallelujah, God. You are so good. Amen. God is able. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't we just worship the Lord for a moment right now? Come on. Come on. Yield yourself to the Spirit today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. And, and, and the another dimension today that I want to talk about is worship. Amen. It is a beautiful thing to be able to worship the Lord while singing in tongues. Paul says, I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with understanding. Again, Paul said he will sing with the Spirit. This means Paul would be singing in tongues from his Spirit. Not only does God encourage us to pray in tongues, but He also wants us to worship in tongues. The depth of this truth has yet to be fully Realized by believers. Amen. Not much is spoken in the scripture about worshipping in tongues. However, Paul says this, a great example for us to follow. I challenge you to you, your spirit, and begin worshipping Jesus in tongues. Amen. You know, it's just like this. Sometimes, you know, uh, uh, I don't know the words of a song. You know, I just sing in tongues. <laughs> Amen. You know, nowadays the words are so complicated. You know, I like, you know, 
or four liners, you know, not, not one whole paragraph. You know, I pity all the worship leaders that are singing all the songs and sometimes we ask them, you've got to memorize. It's not easy, you know, but, but if you just do this, you know, you know I, I love the song that I used to sing all the time when, when I'm just worshipping God, I'll, I'll sing things like, I sing praises to your name. Oh God, praises to your name. Oh God, for your name is great and greatly to be praised. You know, and I don't know what words it I say, Hallelujah, Lord, I give you praise. You know, and I'll just sing melody. I'll make melody with my spirit because God, you are my melody. God, you are my rhythm. And I'll just let the spirit just sing out of me. Amen. And, and I could feel his presence. Amen. Hallelujah. Because you know what? I, at the end of the day, I don't know how, you know, when the Bible says if you have to pray without ceasing, you know what would happen? We will end up praying vain repetition. <laughs> Amen. Have you noticed that? You will begin to pray vain repetition. I don't want to be praying vain repetition. I want to sing from the Spirit. Amen. I want the Spirit to take over. Amen. I'll begin to sing in the Spirit. I'll begin to just, you know, worship Him. Amen. And I remember the day, you know, when I went first time to a Spirit-filled church. The first time, not Tabernacle, but I went there, and then lo and behold, after the last song, everybody erupted in singing and tongues and just worshiping, losing themselves. What an awesome! And I remember the first time when I went into that service. Oh, my hair all stood up. <laughs> and I last said, what am I feeling? And then, you know, that's what the scripture says, you know, it is a sign for unbelievers. And I begin to ask my friends, you know, what is this that you are doing? I've gone to so many churches, but this is the first time I'm hearing you speak. I don't know what kind of language. I feel like an alien. Can you tell me more? You know, what literally I'm saying, what meaner this? Amen. And I begin to search for answers. I begin to ask Sister Jenny, I remember. It was lesson eight of exploring God's word. I say that, Sister Jenny, can you tell me more about speaking in tongues? And then when she started elaborating that it is the gift of the Holy Spirit, and as we continue to yield to it, God will give us a prayer language. You know, and I say, man, I mean, some, some people, you know, believe that you know, it's only for some, but when I read the scripture, it's not this prayer language, it's not just for some. I mean, I'll get very offended eh? if it's only this prayer language only is just for some. <laughs> I don't know about you, but, but really, I will get offended. How come some people can have this prayer language? Huh? How come some people have, can have this personal edification? Are they more spiritual? <laughs> and, 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 you know, if we were to think that, 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 that you know, it is not about the gift of tongues, it's about the Spirit of God. There are characteristics that are similar, but God wants us to yield to His Spirit on a daily basis. Paul says this, I will pray in tongue. He doesn't apologize to hide it or minimize its importance. It is exactly opposite. He proclaims, I'm going to pray in tongue. You know, again, he declares it. Paul introduced to use the tongues. Uh, you know, 
to have a broader use. You know, say, forbid not speaking in tongues. And then when you are operating in gift of tongues, you know, here are the rules. First of all, we are not to forbid it. <laughs> when it is prophesied to the church, two or three can speak in tongues as long as it is interpreted. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 27. Everything must be done in an orderly fashion. First Corinthians chapter 14, 40. Amen. And, and, and I want to close with this, okay? You know, I get very excited when medical science can prove something about the Bible is true. Amen. Okay? You know, and, and I want to read some articles. I, I just get so excited when I read this. And if the medical world is saying this, how much more the people of God should get excited? In November 7, 2006, the New York Times reported the value research done by Dr. Andrew Newberg on speaking in tongues. In addition to reviewing Dr. Newberg's study, the New York Times referenced another study that was concluded on 1,000 evangelical Christians in England. Here's what they say. Contrary to what may be a common perception, studies suggest that people who speak in tongues rarely suffer from mental problems. A recent study of nearly 1,000 evangelical Christians in England found that those who engaged in the practice were more emotionally stable than those who did not. <laughs> then again, let me repeat that. It's worth repeating. People who speak in tongues rarely suffer from mental problems and were, and were more emotionally stable than those who did not. New York Times 2006. I don't know about you. Hallelujah. <laughs> this should encourage me to speak in tongues. You know, some people have this idea, oh, I don't speak in tongues because I don't understand. But they then take vaccination and they don't know how the vaccination works. Why you take it? You have more faith in the vaccination than the Word of God? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Amen. I do it because God says this is the way I build up my faith. Amen. Amen. This is, I build up my walk with Him. Amen. So again, another article. You know, I, I'm just so excited. You know, uh, uh, there are so many articles out there. And, and again, you know, uh, 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 I want to encourage of, uh, most of you that are watching this. You know, if you have not received the Holy Spirit, you know, God is wanting to fill you with His Holy Spirit. And the way that you receive the Holy Spirit is, you know, first of all, you need to believe the gospel. You need to repent. And your response to the gospel is to repent. Be baptized in Jesus' name. And God will fill you with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Here's another article. Uh, the University of Pennsylvania conducted a prerogative study uh, on uh, tongues with the effects on the brain. The doctor overseeing the study was Dr. Andrew Newberg. He said regarding those subjects who studied were speaking in tongues. We notice a number of changes that occur functioning in the brain. One finding of decreased activity in the frontal lobes during the practice of speaking in tongues is fascinating because these subjects truly believe that the Spirit of God is moving through them and controlling what's being spoken. For those who don't know, 
The frontal lobe helps achieve our day-to-day -day activities such as thinking, reasoning, planning, managing, and controlling emotions. In addition, it aids in making decisions, solving problems, and even speaking. Newberg's research revealed that when a participant in the study sang gospel songs in English, the frontal lobes were alert, active, showing the subjects had to think about what they were saying or seeing. However, when they sang in, and spoke in tongues, the activity in the frontal lobe was nearly non-existent. And Dr. Newberg also concluded the same test on local pastors and find the scan shows that the frontal lobe and the part of the brain that controls the language was active when he prayed in English, but for both part, fell quiet when he prayed in tongues. In fact, the frontal lobe activity increases when a person focuses on what they are saying. This finding confirms that when people speak in tongues, the words coming forth originate from a source other than the mind. In addition, it was revealed that while blood flow to the frontal lobes decreased, activity in the area that controls self-awareness was active. This is interesting. This reveals that the subjects knew what was around them and they can they were not out of control or in some kind of mystical trance. Dr. Newberg says our brain imaging research shows us that these subjects are not in control of the unusual language centers during this activity. He further stated in ABC News, it is not language, it is not regular language, at least that would normally activate the frontal lobe. And all this confirms what the Bible says. Amen. The Bible says, if I pray in the Spirit, my mind is unfruitful. Amen. Amen. Everybody say praise God again. The Bible says, when I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Praise God. And here's another study, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I love this study. This, this is my, the one that excites me. You know, according to a survey funded by Bill and Melinda Gates, okay, foundation, they found that 95% of the world has a health issue of some kind. The new study revealed that less than 5% of the worldwide had no health problems. It is staggering to realize in today's health crazed society that 95% of the people alive are actively dealing with some sort of a health issue. It is estimated that half of all Americans take multivitamins. And though Americans will spend nearly $30 billion annually on vitamins and herbal supplements. How many of you done that? I've done that. In the midst of their pursuit of health, people are looking ways to boost their immune system in order to live healthier lives. Medically, it is a proven fact that a healthy immune system can prevent one from getting sick or contracting a disease while helping them live longer. Here's a million dollar question for you. Do you want to improve your health? I got something for you. It's called praying in tongues. You see, Carl Peterson, MD, a brain specialist, conducted a study on the relationship between the brain and speaking in tongues. In part of his study, highlighted the physical benefits of praying in tongues. He worked on this study at uh, ORU in Tulsa, Oklahoma, there are many intriguing facts that surfaced during this study. 
One of which was when we spent extended times in prayer or worship in spirit using our heavenly prayer language. There is an activity that begins to take place in our brain. And as we pray in tongues, the brain begins to release two, two chemical secretions that are directed into our immune system and giving a 30 to 40% boost of immune system. Amen. Everybody say praise God. <laughs> you know, all this while, the Bible was telling us to pray in the Spirit. Amen. I don't know about you. Think about the ram ram ramifications, amen, of us praying the Spirit and, 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 and praying it for long periods of time. You know, if the medical science were to say this, what happens if the people of God just begin to do it? My friend, we will become a different people. My friend, we will begin to see revival. So here's, here's something I want to encourage you, you know, in closing. You know, God has given us His Spirit. It's time that we continue to yield ourselves to the Holy Ghost. Amen. It is time for us to grow. Let me say this, to grow in our yieldedness to the Spirit. You know what it means by this? Some of us has been praying, you know, in the spirit using the same syllabus, you know, saying the same old thing. But I encourage you to stretch a little bit more. Initially, when you pray, you may not be as fluent. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> and, and, and you continue to just pray in the Holy Spirit like an exercise. You know, before you pray, spend 15 minutes praying in the Spirit. Amen. Just spend worshipping in the Spirit. Just take time to just shut off your brain and rest in the Lord. Amen. And let it come out of you. Uh, let those rivers of living water flow out of you and you begin to pray the Holy Ghost because it's building you up. Amen. It's building dimensions in your body you don't even know. It's doing things in the Spirit you don't even know. You know, and God is bringing healing to you you don't even know. And as you pray, I'm not just talking talking about short five minutes prayer. And sometimes I'm talking about four hours prayer. Sometimes I'm talking about one hour prayer. Sometimes I'm talking about... You know, again, let me say this. Sometimes it takes a while. <laughs> Just because you take antibiotics on the first day, you don't see much changes. <laughs> Just because you take, uh, what I call that, uh, omega oil. Doesn't mean your cholesterol level will just drop. It's got to be consistent. It's got to be an exercise where you yield yourself to the Spirit of God. Say, God, I trust you. Pray through me. I yield myself to you. Amen. And as you yield yourself to God, God takes over. Amen. God knows exactly what you did. And when you don't have the faith, the Holy Spirit will encourage you. And that's why He is our helper. Amen. Everybody say praise God. Why don't we just leave our hands today? Amen. Why don't we just thank God for His Spirit? Why we don't thank? Why don't we just yield him to Him right now? Come on. Come on. Some of you, it's been a while right now. Just close your eyes and just lift up your hands. Let's begin to worship the Lord right now. By the authority given to me as a man of God. Come on, just, just, just yield yourself. Just lift up your hands right now. Amen. Just yield yourself to the Holy Spirit wherever you are, whether whatever GV location right now. Just yield yourself for a moment right now. 
Come on. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So, Father, have liberty in me. Lord, have unhindered access in me, through me, Father, right now. That's it. Receive me the Holy Ghost right now. Receive me the Holy Ghost right now, wherever you are. You, your spirit to the Lord right now. You, your tongue to the Lord. Come on, for the next few moments right now, let's worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Father, we thank you for your word that validates this, Lord. We thank you for your spirit that is in me, God. Spirit, truth, much that I can worship you in true reality, oh God. Hallelujah. When my faith is weak, you are my helper. When I'm discouraged, you are my comforter. There is such a liberty that will sweep over us today. God, this is not Lord gibberish, God. This is God, a language, God. It's my prayer language and I appreciate you. I adore you, God. Come on, for the next few moments, says you yourself to know because even though the, 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 the service is over, if you want to just spend your time just drinking it, just letting the Spirit of God just flow through you right now. Set me free, oh God. Set me free, oh God. Let's worship him. Let's worship him. Amen. Let's worship him. Amen. Let's not be a stumbling block to those that are around us. Amen. Let's worship him. Hallelujah. Let's give him honor. Let's give him praise. Hallelujah. You deserve all glory. You deserve all praise, Father. I will worship you. I will worship you, Lord. You yourself right now. Let the lost languages flow out of you. Let it flow out of you. That's it, church. That's it. I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, we give you honor. We give you praise. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus, right now. For those of you that are watching this and 
this is the first time you may be listening to this, you know, I encourage you to sign up for uh, Unlocking the Bible. You know, again, this is a wonderful gift. Who do want a prayer language that will help you get closer to God? If you are interested about this, just sign up in a uh, UTB or get a hold of somebody, call us, do whatever it takes, you know. Uh, we will get somebody there to teach you. We will pray with you. Amen. So that you can receive this wonderful gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And as you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will bring healing to your body. Amen. Again, thank you for coming. Why don't we just lift our hands. Let's worship the Lord right now. I challenge you, church, right now. Would you make a commitment this week to spend more time in the Spirit praying? Would you just... Some of you... Uh, I've asked some of the leaders how often that you pray in the Spirit. Some of them say uh, 10... 15 minutes, why don't we stretch that a little bit to a 30 minute, amen. Why don't we, we, we pluck in some music and just sing in the spirit for 30 minutes and see uh, what it will do for us, amen. Amen, I, I, I'm challenging the church today, amen, just to pray the spirit, amen. Just, you know, if you have never prayed the spirit before, it's been a while, so we may want to start with 5 minutes, then after that you slowly increase to 10 minutes and 15 minutes, but those of you that are seasonal people and it's been a while since you allow the spirit to pray through you, I'm challenging you to spend at least 13 minutes. Let God work through us. Let the, let the Holy Ghost who is an intercessor pray through us. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Can we do that right now? Father, we just want to give ourselves to you. Father, we want to give ourselves to you today, God. Lord, the, uh, Lord when we read the books of Acts chapter 6, verse 4, it says that the apostle gave themselves to prayer and the ministry of the Word. So, Father, we want to give. Lord, instead of giving our offerings today, I want to give myself my time, Lord, to prayer. I don't know what to pray, but God, help us, Lord. I want to give myself to the to prayer and the ministry of your word. So, Father, I say, lead us, guide us, have your way. God, I'm so thankful for understanding this. I'm so thankful, God, for reminding us, God, that you are in us and you want to pray with us. God, pray was never meant to be an alone thing, that you are there with us. When I don't feel like praying, God, that you are there, that you will give us the strength, that you will illuminate, that you will help us find that flow. Father, I give you all honor. I give you all praise. In the name of Jesus, God, bless all those that are watching online. Bless all those that have come today. Father, bless them. Let them flow in the Holy Ghost this week. Let them never be the same again, God. Lord, right now, God, in the name of Jesus, that we will continue to pray the Spirit. In Jesus' name, God bless every one of you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you safe. I know the numbers are increasing, but if God is for us, who can be against us? If God has given us the Spirit, God will boost our immunity, but you need to heal yourself every day in praying in the Spirit, which means praying in tongues. God bless every one of you.